Zen Parenting Radio, take two. This is take two. Why is this take two, sweetie? Because the first take we did, you sounded like you were about to fall asleep. I woke up early. I played basketball. I know, but we gotta like we gotta do some mouth yoga and wake up. You know what that means, mouth yoga? I'm smiling. Can can everybody in Radio Land hear me smile? Mouth yoga is when you smile. Did you just make that up? No. I, you know who I got that from? Who? Thich Nhat Hanh. Ooh. One of your faves. Yes, he's he the talk, man. because it takes more muscles to frown than it does to smile. Turn that frown upside down. That's right. So now we are awake and alert for this show. That's right. Um, we're talking about whether or not the universe is a friendly place. We're talking about that quote from Einstein, which is the most important question a person can ask is: Is the universe? A friendly place. And actually, we talked about this a little bit when Reverend Ed Bacon was on two podcasts ago. That's right. We um, It got brought up because he was saying what an important question it was. And I was um, I had mentioned that in my class that I teach, the college class, I that's one of the first questions I ask the students because I feel like it frames their perspective from then on out. That's right. Does that make the, sense? Then it, on out. I don't know. It starts from the inside. Well, and yeah, that belief system, I think, shapes or frames everything that you experience in life. It's the way that you see. It's the way that you handle problems. It's the way that you deal with discomfort. It's the way that you um, parent, you know? Right. So that's why it's important because if the alternative is if you believe that the universe is out to get you, mm-hmm. can you imagine how you... And there are many people that do. Yeah, if the universe was out to get me... I'd be hard one to avoid because the universe is everything that exists. I know, but and I this is what I think about. Sometimes people just say things and they don't even realize what they're saying. Like, well, like me on the show. Well, sometimes me too. But they say things like, um, "Well, I'm just not going to expect too much, so I'm not disappointed." Right. Which basically means that anything that you expect, you're not going to get. Kind of like they got a little taste of Debbie Downer. <laughs> Rachel Dratch. Yeah. Is that her name? Yes. You guys remember that skit on Saturday Night Live? That's a fave. Yes. Because they would always crack up. We should put that on (laughs) our page. That'll be our newsletter feed. Okay, that's good. Oh, but Saturday Night Live, they they don't like YouTube. You got to go to their own page. That's okay. We can still post from their page. I don't think so. Yes, you can. You can, I promise. I I post stuff on my Facebook page from Saturday Night Live. Really? You just go to their website, and then they have videos. But there's like a commercial beforehand. I think our listeners will handle a 30-second commercial just fine. I like it to be convenient for our listeners. It's worth it, because it's funny. And she is like the, the, um, what's the word I'm like, the... Debbie Downer? Yeah, Debbie Downer. She is the worst-case scenario of a person who... Or just spreading... Bad negativity thoughts. but she views the world through a lens of lack right and that there really isn't enough and that you know i basically have to claw my way to anything and that things aren't fair and that um, life isn't fair and if you view the world that way guess what chicken butt no that's what you're gonna see that's right um, you have to believe it before you see it or something like that. Well, if you believe it, you're going to see it. And that can go either way, mm-hmm. you know, meaning that... If you think something negative is going to happen, odds are something negative is going to happen. Well, you'll find it. It'll right. find you. I mean, it's like if that is your lens, you know, it's kind of like people used to, um, you know, you know, say that things I write about or things we talk about are Pollyanna-ish or, you know, I talk with friends who think similarly and they'll be accused of wearing rose-colored glasses and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. 
but why is that a bad thing? Like, I really want someone to explain to me. I don't know the answer to your question, but what's funny is, like, I'm thinking what we're going to title this podcast, and it's going to be something like, Is the Universe Good? And or we're is gonna, the Universe Friendly? Right. Or is the Universe Friendly? And we're going to get the same awesome listeners, about 10,000 a month. Right. I mean, that's about how many people More listen. than that, actually. Maybe 12,000, 13,000, yeah. whatever. And, um, and that's wonderful, because there is a group of people out there that, that believe in some of the same things that you and I believe in. Right. But... The things that get the highest ratings are the ones that spew out negativity. Mm. And we learned that when last week. When do we week. spew out negativity, though? We don't. Okay. Other people who spew out negativity, gets there's more people that are attracted to that. Okay. And the example is because most of your blogs are positive, if not everybody. And there are other blogs out there right. that are not so great or not so positive. Or they're, they're and, focusing on negative and things. And it becomes right. viral. Right. So here's my counterpoint to... Because uh, that's one thing, you know, we do the show, you write your blog, we want, you know, there's ego involved in, in our own intention too. I mean, we we do it because we think it's good, but we also well, want... Well, we do it because it's fun. We also want people to, to hear it, as many people as possible. Of at course. Least, at least I do. Of course. And I'm sure you do too. I would love for everyone to listen. So, um, but there are plenty of occasions where um, there are good things that go go viral. And my example is this. Okay. Remember that police officer last week? Yes, that the totally boots. went viral, yeah. That that happens so infrequently, but the fact that it happened. And for those of you guys who don't know what happened, um, Times Square, there is a person who is homeless laying on the street. It's cold out. He's got no shoes. And a police officer went and bought some boots with his own money and gave the boots to the man. At the same time, and this is the best part of the story, there's a woman who just kind of noticed this. And took a picture of the event that happened. Mm. She didn't know who the police officer's name. Nobody knew the person's name. They posted it on some Facebook thing. And then all of a sudden they found out who it was. And then now this guy went on NBC Morning, whatever, wow. the Today Show and everything else. The idea, the thing, the reason that story is so cool is because the guy had no idea that anybody was going to catch him doing this amazingly wonderful charitable thing. Right. And that's why it meant a lot to me. I mean, anybody can do something good if you know somebody's watching. But nobody, according to this officer, nobody's watching. He was just doing it because it well, was a good good thing to do. And I think that, you know, if we really want to focus on what kind of people we want to be or what kind of people we want to teach our children to be, you don't do things to get recognition for it. Now... Is it okay to get recognition for it? Absolutely. And when I'm saying this, I'm speaking of generous acts. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are some things that we do simply for recognition, you know, sports, competition. I'm talking about a sense of generosity or a sense of humanity. You do things because you feel, you feel, not just think, that it's the right thing to do and that it would help someone. And now here's the bigger picture. I'm going to go really deep with you. Are you ready? I'm ready. Is everybody ready? Ready. We are all connected, right? Mm-hmm. I think people who listen know know this. And we are all one. So when we are helping others, we are helping ourselves in the in the smallest way, meaning we're feeling good about what we're doing, mm-hmm. and in the grandest way, and that whatever we put out in the world comes back to us. Right. It's it's you can call it karma, you can call it the law of uh, Law of cause and effect, a law of attraction. I don't really care what it's called, but we have to understand that we're we're all part of the same team here. We're, right. I actually heard, I watched a Super Soul Sunday. Um, and Wait a second. You watched a Super Soul Sunday? <laughs> 
I did, and it was a really good one. Jean Houston was talking to Oprah, and she's like a one of the first uh, great spiritual thinkers. Meaning, she was one of the most fam- you know one of the first famous spiritual in thinkers. the current era. Oh, yes, yeah. yeah, not like way back when. Yeah. I'm talking like someone who's still, she's still alive. alive, right? Um, and what she said that was so meaningful to me and is so simple is we're all in this together. And if we understood that, everything would change. Mm-hmm. Then we would realize that there is enough to go around. Then we would realize that giving to others helps our family. Mm-hmm. Then we would realize that um, that taking away from others or shunning or... Um, is harming ourselves. Is harming us. Like we don't see the big picture and we see this really small picture and so we keep doing the same things and expecting a different result. So I'm going to ask you how, and I, I'm putting you on the spot. Okay. And I don't want you to answer just yet because I need to talk about our partner, which we forgot to talk about at the beginning of the show. Okay. How do we get to that place where we have that awareness? Okay. Are you going to be able to remember sure. that after I talk yeah. about our partner? talk about our partner. Helping Hands Made Services, they're doing a new special where if you hire them to clean your house and you mention Zen Parenting Radio, then you get $25 off your first cleaning. Awesome. So it's a new thing that they're offering. So it's Christmas time and a lot of relatives coming over. You don't have time to clean your own house. Have somebody else do it. And Helping Hands, if you say Zen Parenting, so you got to say it. You got to say Zen Parenting sent me. And you got to mean it. You got. You just got to say it with your heart. Yeah. Not yeah. just with your words. That's right. You got to say it with your heart. $25 off if you say Zen Parenting. Doesn't get much better than no, that. No, that's good. That's a good deal. Um, so then the other thing before I come back to what we were talking about is I want to just shout out that you have a few books that make wonderful gifts under the tree. Yes, they do. For any parent out there. Um Two for one, or no, not two no, for one. No, it's the self-aware parent and the self-aware parent too. Normally, they're like twelve ninety-five or fourteen ninety-five each, depending on where you get them. But if you buy them from my website, kathycadams.com, together they're twenty dollars. But if it's a Christmas present, then they get them and then they got to wrap them, and that sucks. I'll wrap them. Oh, you're gonna wrap? Sure, them. I'll wrap them. All right. Well, it doesn't get much better. I know. So if you buy them on my website and they're a gift, there's a little comment block yeah. there, so you can just write it's a gift and I'll wrap them and mail them to you. There you go. All right. Okay. So now, do you have any idea where? Well, we're... yeah. You you asked me how do we teach this or how do we begin to practice this? Yes. How do you pra- if if I'm a jaded, negative, Debbie Downer person, what are some things that I can do to get to where you are? Well, I, I mean, first of all. I would like to say, because I'm human, I don't always feel this way. There are sometimes that I feel, um, you know, I have a negative day or I have a negative experience where I question things. Um, I will have doubt. I think everybody does. Right. Um, but what I, but at the same time, I know and I trust the way that I feel when I am trusting the universe and I know that's the right space to be in. Meaning when I'm feeling negative, I don't feel right. I feel off. My heart beats off. My sense of comfort is off. So I know that's not the right space to be in. Meaning not because I shouldn't be, but because it doesn't feel right. Therefore, I know it's not right. When I am trusting the universe, when I'm feeling like there's more than meets the eye, Mm -hmm. which I hope we get into. Right. I feel good. I feel calm. My breathing is calm. So just in the sense that that the whole thing about survival is that to be at our... Um, survival of the fittest. Survival of the fittest is if I'm feeling good and my body is calm and my physiology matches, then doesn't that make sense that that's exactly supposed to be our state of being? Right. Am I, is that too far-fetched to understand? I think I get you. So, because if our natural state of being is not breathing heavy, feeling uncomfortable, feeling stress, that tells us we're on the wrong path. Mm-hmm. That tells us our belief system is off. Mm-hmm. 
So when you're feeling good and you're trusting and your body feels good, you know that you're on the right path. Well, and um, sometimes you do things just to be to have recognition and that's okay too like if you're doing something nice and you know that you're going to get uh appreciated by whoever that's that's okay too but really if you want to go deep it's you do nice things with the hopes that it could care i could care less whether or not anybody notices well and i think again we have to back up and look at the bigger picture of recognition like if you're doing it for ego recognition i don't feel good enough in myself therefore i have to do this so then people think i'm a good person Mm -hmm. i don't know if that's a good cycle you want to perpetuate because you'll always need better than doing bad things true and so yeah i don't want to judge it and say no that's bad this is good because there i don't really want to put a judgment on it but what i'm saying the bigger picture is is we have to trust when we do good things you don't need a bunch of people to tell you it's good you'll get the good back from the universe well and the word that keeps coming to my mind is byproduct you don't do it for the for it coming back but what naturally occurs is that good things will happen it's to the you. law of the universe but you don't do it because of that it just kind of happens well and and that's where it gets into this you know we're, we're nitpicking here but it gets into you do it because you know it's good for you but not because you need 10 people to say oh you're good pat you on the back it's just it's that big picture mm-hmm. again where you realize anything you put good into the universe comes back to you right. it's and not in you know people get very focused on it's going to be money centric well and what I was going to say and I'm interrupting you because we had this conversation last night and I said well what about I don't know let's say that there's a you know multi-billionaire who is um, very ego and very in it for the money and how do those people attract this wealth if they're not doing things like let's say they keep all their money and they don't give a dollar to charity right I challenged you how do those people uh, get attract this wealth into their life if they're not doing these things for the sake of it being good. Well, and my answer to you is, first of all, there's no way I can really know Mm -hmm. the answer to that. But my opinion on that is that I believe that they scratch and claw their way and take and do what they have to do, maybe even sometimes lie or don't make the best choices and don't always take care of people in the best way to get that money, Mm -hmm. if they are indeed, because you're saying it's someone who's not a good person. And so they get that money, but the whole question is, is how do they feel inside? And do they constantly need more to keep feeling good? Right, they're not be it's not it's not about money, mm-hmm. and that you know um, again that goes into a whole nother show talking about money and what it is. Right. It's just an energy, you know. It's just another version of energy. Well, and it's funny because as pe- the listeners on this show know that I I think my Achilles heel is worry about financial freedom. Right, and I had a bad week last week. Yes. A lot, I got my butt kicked on a few things that were going on in my life. Right. Which meant that we had less money. Right. So you and I talked, and I was not in a good place to talk to you. Right. And everything, every idea you came up with, I kind of batted it down. And, and yeah, buts. And I even, I even admitted, I said, I'm just not in a good place right. for to have this conversation. Right. I, you're like, I can't hear you right, right. now. Mm-hmm. And at least I knew I couldn't hear you. Mm-hmm. And then lo and behold, after we talked it through for a little, a little bit. All of a sudden, like three or four good things came into our life. And here's the interesting thing is, is I don't know if you remember this part, but you were like, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. And I kind of, I didn't keep talking like forcing things down your throat, but I kept saying, you know, just keep talking about it. Just, you know, we were kind of, we kept going back and forth and all of a sudden you kind of softened up and you got, you put your, your elbows on the counter and mm-hmm. you just started listening. Mm-hmm. And I don't even, I have no idea what I said. And I, you never know what you said. I don't, but whatever 
literally you got a phone call right when we were done. Yes. And somebody said, it was like you released it all and you surrendered it. I, I, I and I don't remember deciding to surrender. It's but there's no thinking in surrendering. <laughs> you think it's not a thought like now I shall surrender. So so yeah, we got a phone call and you know you know I'll say I'm a property manager and we have uh, we 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 rent out apartments buildings right and a few good things happened right after that conversation <laughs> yeah. and then the next morning somebody called because I've been trying to sell this car forever. Next morning, somebody called. 24 hours later, somebody bought the car. Right. And I've been trying to sell it for like four months. Right. So all these things happen. And the one thing that you said was, I would like you to at least consider the idea of connecting the not, the dots between our conversation and and knowing that maybe the fact that we process this a little bit right. allowed for these other things to come into it our It became life. unstuck. Right. You were stuck and you said to me a few times, I haven't been telling you this because I haven't wanted to worry you and it's been stuck inside of me. Right. And so then you kept talking and then you were opening up and you kind of let it go. And that's that was the discussion. It's just let it go. Right. You don't have control. Right. And then once you let it go and then it's almost like a... And here's my thing. Okay. If I won the lottery tomorrow mm-hmm. and I believe this and you know this... I, my worry would switch from money to something else. Of course, because it's not about money. So I know that, but I can't, when I'm in my brain, I can't get out of that. Right. When I'm in my heart, I know that it's not, it's not important. Then money is not real. Then what's the practice? I don't know. The practice is going to your heart as much as you can. I know. How do you do that? You, meditation, finding stillness, mm. breathing. But the thing is, is you, you nod, and I know that you do it sometimes, but it's making it a huge priority. Right. Because the thing is, is you are shifting. You're trying to go, right now you go head first yeah. and then heart. Right. And what you're trying to do is go heart and then head. And again, I don't think anyone does that. Mm-hmm. You know, the great leaders and thinkers of our time who spend a ton of time meditating right. may be able to do it very quickly and everything. But it really is a process. It's a practice. Right. And it's a lot easier when you're talking to someone else about themselves than it is about... Because I know I do the same thing. Yeah. I will I will have the same... I will be worried about something. And then it will get resolved. And I'll shift that worry to something else where the something else I wasn't thinking about yesterday. Right. But it's almost like there's a, a hole to fill. Well, and another thing that we talked about was how the anticipation of an event is 100 times worse than the event Always. itself. Like when something really bad happens, you go into reactionary mode and your brain's not worrying you just do it but so like my worry about something bad something bad might happen it's not even real it's not real and it's a hundred times worse than the event like okay so somebody doesn't pay their rent big deal right but i just worry about it as if it's a big deal well it's like the blog i wrote last week about how when you are in a present moment experience i i like to call it grace or hope or there's, I don't care what word you use, but you can handle it. Mm-hmm. There's something about when something happens where something comes up in you where you handle it's it. It's like a survival thing. It is. It's like, and it's deeper than just like fight or flight. It's like grace. Mm-hmm. Like you, 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 you can laugh, you can smile, you can do it. Mm-hmm. And it's a few days later when you think about it right. that you go, you, you get scared mm-hmm. and worried. But it in the moment, you can always handle it. Right. And I, and I don't think that we trust that and that's the whole thing about the universe is we we try to control it rather than trust that everything that we need is there for us and people get too literal about that meaning well where's this and where's this money it will always just instead of looking for what you think should be there be open to what is actually there Mm -hmm. we will say something's a failure if it doesn't look the way we think it should look but are you open enough to see 
that maybe there's other things there. Like, in did you want to say our other uh, partner? partner before oh, I launch into that this? That was nice of you. Yes. Um, Tree of Life Chiropractic Care. Yes. They're pretty sweet. They are. And uh, they are in Elmhurst. They're pretty sweet. On Spring Road. <laughs> How's that, Dr. Kelly? You're pretty sweet. And their phone number is 630-941-8733. We've had, actually had a lot of people go to them yes. because they listen to the show. And they come from all over the place. That's what I love. Mm-hmm. They know that she's the best. So the bottom line is don't be a schlep rock. Go to, Tree, go of to Tree of Life Chiropractic. Yeah. yeah, and feel good and be well. And like them on Facebook because it's healthy families, not by chance. But by choice. Did we do that the wrong way? Healthy <laughs> <laughs> healthy families by choice, not chance. That's right. And I'm healthy because I went and got adjusted last week. Yeah. And my adjustments last like 12 minutes and Skylar's adjustments last like Two seconds. 20 seconds. That's because she doesn't have all the junk in her. She, she doesn't have she the worry about money that I do. She doesn't have the... Yeah, she doesn't. She's not worried she about money. She doesn't carry. What no. is that kid worried about? No, I actually heard you when I was in the office before we started talking to the girls about why you need to work and why you need to bring home money. And I'm yeah. thinking to myself, they don't care. I know. They have no idea what you're talking about. Well, you know what? I'm going to pull an Al Adams, which is my dad, and I'm going to make him... <laughs> there's a front line on... They, they track these families who are now are now homeless because of the financial crash. Yeah. And I think it's important, we're totally getting off subject here, that they understand we live in a bubble. We live in Elmhurst. Right. Nice families, nice neighborhood, blah, blah, blah. It's important that they are at least aware that other that that things are not always perfect. I I am okay with them knowing those things, but do not connect that to your job and why you need to travel. I'm not going to, and I'm not okay. even, and I'm not even going to say, um, girls, come watch this with me. Okay, good. You know what I'm going to do? What? I'm, it's going to be a non-TV time. Okay. So the fact that the TV is going to be on, they're going to be surprised, like, oh, what's right. on? And I'm just going to watch it, and I'm just going to hope because they love TV. And um, they can either go do something else or watch a show. They usually watch a show, so hopefully they'll watch a show. That's my okay. plan. Okay. Well, I, I'm I'm kind of fancy about it because I feel is like, fancy a word? Oh, I think one of my girlfriends made it up. But basically, what I mean is that I'm on the fence. I just think fancy is an easier way to say it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like I don't want to, you know, create fear because you're you. I don't want there's the, there's a balance between creating fear and. Giving them a pathway to appreciate what they have. Of understanding, exactly. Now, and like I said, the only thing is I don't want you to frame it around why you work. No. Because then no, there's no, no. a sense that, of, that was just be- oh no, what if dad doesn't work? No. You can say, can you do notice, or, or you know, isn't it interesting that other people have challenges and they don't have homes like we do so they can see that there's a difference but i don't want the girls carrying right a fear i would be cautious on how okay. it was presented all right then i'm cool with that so frontline i don't even know the name of it but it was last week's frontline frontline's like the best show on tv well it's one of the only shows that you know it's like straight up unbiased yeah unbiased it's not left it's not right it's the truth exactly facts facts how how crazy is that you know, to actually you don't see get a to show see about it. facts because if you're watching fox that's one set of facts and if you're watching msnbc that's another set of facts. i know but this is just the straight up well and they're good they're almost like short documentaries yeah they're awesome you know it's like a good you know view of america frontline pbs so what are the odds of you remembering where we left off well i'm not sure i can um, can I uh, change subjects then? Well, no, because okay. I, there was a few things that I wanted to say. So how about we have a little dead space? <laughs> no, I wanted to talk about this book that oh, I yeah. was reading to you. Um, actually, Marianne Williamson, who's one of my favorite authors, has a new book called The Law of Divine Compensation. And basically, it's everything that we're talking about. It's the laws of the universe 
and um, and money. And, you know, I, I bought it for me because I wanted to read it, but I knew I'd probably be reading you passages at night. Like because, last night? Yes. And I there was a few things. There was a, a great analogy in the book about something that happens to you, Todd, when you when when you're dealing with money is you get stuck in your head about there's no other way this can go but bad mm-hmm. if this doesn't happen this will go I'm wrong a, i'm in a place of lack you only see we tend to have and you're not alone we tend to have more faith in what's going to go wrong right rather than have faith in what marianne williamson would call a miracle but what i would just call um things going right, right. things going in a way that we will be okay right. things going in a way that we might be pleasantly surprised right. we tend to just focus on this is going to go wrong unless i do this and that's not true right. that's what i what do i say to you all the time you're making up a story yep story making, inside my head you that have i a have story created that you have created and you're following it through and so that is your lens and so what i loved is she gives an analogy in the book about um pilots and flying on instruments and it's that when a pilot is flying and they can't see like the horizon they can't see what's coming up they do what's called flying on instruments where they trust you, do you know remember that part in airplane <laughs> yes they're all on where they're flying on instruments and leslie Niels is like playing the big bass <laughs> and they're playing the clarinet yeah. and, what, and i remember as a kid not understanding what that joke was oh really because they're like they're on instruments yeah, and i'm like why funny. i know what i didn't get it I oh was you a didn't kid. understand the... i didn't understand half of airplane when i was a kid oh my god it's such adult jokes it's one of the top two comedies of all time i know but i'm not saying anything it was funny i just didn't understand but it was it was one of the top two comedies of all time okay yes and i loved that movie and i've seen it great movie it's one of those movies you can watch over and over and over again and there's always something new and funny yes okay but my point is about the flying on instruments is that is a metaphor for faith Mm -hmm. is that sometimes when you can't see the horizon you have to know that there is something out there that that's better or okay or something out there that you can't even envision is going to happen and show up for you. We get stuck in our head about this is what happened in the past. This is what happened to my parents. This is what happened to my sister. So this is going to happen to me. And if you're focusing on good things, amen, then then keep doing it. But if you're focusing on everything that can go wrong, you're setting yourself up for worry, for challenges, for being sick to your stomach. I mean, you are, the whole concept of faith is knowing that there is something that will come to help you. And here's my thing. In the um, the example that we used earlier tonight where I was struggling and mm-hmm. we had this talk and then after the talk we all of a sudden good things happen in the yes. next two days. My, my thing is, and I may have already said this once, but I don't remember making any shift. You know what I mean? You didn't make a mental shift, which is where you live. So you think if you didn't do it mentally, right. then it must not have happened. And I'm trying to tell you that you leaned over. You said, I can't listen to you. And then all of a sudden you leaned over and you put your elbows down. You put your face in your hands and you started looking at me and listening. Something shifted in you where you were able to hear. But I want to know exactly how I did that. And and then I want to do it again. But that's a mental game. You went into your heart. And I don't even think I said anything. It wasn't about, ooh, I heard Kathy's words and everything changed. You just let go. Mm. You became open to the possibility that maybe there was something you weren't noticing right you would just you just became open to the possibility that there is more than maybe what's in your head because that is our limited view of this world is we only believe what we can think Mm -hmm. and that's why i love this season and i love santa Mm -hmm. and i love the whole idea of a christmas spirit and like knowing that there's something bigger and knowing that there's magic because i believe in those things not in the way that people 
not in like snapping fingers and things showing up. I believe in that there is more than meets the eye. Well, and serendipity is a word. Absolutely. Synchronicity. Synchronicity, grace. I mean, all those words kind of mean the same thing. And in one of my men's groups, we talked, everybody had these examples of serendipity, serendipitous things. And, you know, they're like little mini miracles or major miracles. They are miracles. That's just a great word. So I wonder if any of our listeners have any events like that that they would want to share. I would love it. Share them on our Facebook page. And I I actually have something else that I want to share in the same vein. Better hurry up. Do I really have to hurry up? Well, we got a minute and a half until we... Well, this is something about, you know, the word enlightenment. Yes. And people think it's something you're supposed to achieve or like something you're supposed to be constantly working toward. Well, I just found the best definition of enlightenment and it's helped me so much because that's basically what we're talking about. Um, You are loved and your purpose is to love. From a mind filled with infinite love comes the power to create infinite possibilities. We have the power to think in ways that reflect and attract all the love in the world. Such thinking is called enlightenment. Enlightenment is not a process we work toward, but a choice available to us in any instant. So I'm going to ask you to interpret all those words after I talk about... (laughs) Did that not make sense? Well, I... I found that like to be one of the most powerful paragraphs ever. Um... To you. To you. Okay. Okay, um, I accept. So our last partner is Avid Company, 630-956-1800. They're having a Christmas special. They are. They have, they have the best specials. Um, so give them a call if you want to get a room painted before Christmas. And say ho, ho, ho. And say Zen Parenting sent you and Zen Parenting loves you. So bust that book out again okay. so you can interpret it. Um, this is closing out the live version. Okay. We're going to go to the on-demand version in a second. So please hang with us unless you're listening live. Uh, if you are, then you can listen to it on iTunes or Stitcher or something like that. So. And if you're listening live, have a great week, and we'll talk to you next week. Adios. And we're here. Doctor. Okay. Um, so, what is? It? first of all, I'm not allowed to read quotes out of books, and you just I did know. twice. I know. That was unfair. I yeah. didn't read twice. Oh, you didn't? I summarized the other one, oh, remember? Gotcha. I just wanted to read that one. For our new listeners, I've tried to, <laughs> back in the early days in you know podcast number 20 or 30, I want to read not out of any book, I want to read out of your book. And you wouldn't even let me do that. I know, well, it's because it was my book, and it, I was like, that feels Well, it weird. doesn't even matter, even if I pick up another book, but now here you are. Okay, you're right, and I give you that. There's nothing, I don't have any we excuse. We need to mark that time, 29.58. You said, I'm right all always. I didn't say that. I oh. said, you're right about this situation. And I tell you, you're right a lot. Oh, good. Don't I? Sure. I don't know. Probably. Always. Well, no, not always, but I feel like that's something that I will say quite a bit, is I'll say, you're right. Yeah. And I say, you're right. So we're even. Okay. Even Steven. Whew. So <laughs> did you get out of Close that? Call. Well, you were kind of being indifferent. So right? I wasn't paying attention when you okay. read that paragraph. Okay, so I'm not going to reread it. No, reread it. Oh, I'm, come I'm on. just kidding. No, I'm not going to. The point of it is, is that I wanted there to. We were sitting in the first part. We were talking about um, the idea of how we look at the universe. Is the universe a friendly place? And do we believe that sometimes things will show up, even if we can't predict what they are or conjure them up in our head? That's what's so great about things like imagination and creativity and is that sometimes it goes beyond logical thought. And sometimes it's not something that has happened to you already or it's not a story you've read or something that's happened to someone in your family. It's something that's going to be brand new. And can you trust that that can happen. Well, and the example that I'll give is that 
two shows ago, we had Ed Bacon on. Right. And if we would have set out in the beginning of the year that we want to have Ed Bacon on our show, and mm-hmm. I made this awesome business plan of how it was meant to be and how it was going to happen and how we were going to court Ed Bacon onto our show, it probably would have failed. Or if it would have worked, it would have felt forced. Right. I mean, it's kind of like what you were asking about the businessman who makes money. And, you know, sometimes things are just forced. And actually, Eckhart talked about that in A New Earth, about there are some people who end up making a lot of money based on their plan. This is my plan. It must look this way. But they don't enjoy the process of getting there. Right. It's like everything is difficult. Everything is a challenge. Swimming everything upstream. is upstream. And then maybe once they, quote unquote, get there, they don't even feel that great. Because right. the whole thing well, kind of blew. Well, and, yeah. And um, so... I'm not going to retell the whole story, but it just kind of organically happened that Ed Bacon asked us if he could be on the show. If he could be on our show. And we thought it was well, a trick question. Well, and you know what happened from a sense of gratitude because we, he and I started talking about through email um, about why I appreciated his book and how I was using it. And we were just talking back and forth, almost like colleagues. Like He's like, well, what are you doing here? And I'm like, well, here's what I'm doing. I didn't need anything from him. Right. I just wanted him to know. Right. And I loved that we were having conversation and a story. And then he, he, you know, his person contacted us and said he's enjoyed our conversations. He really wants to be on our show. Right. So there was, we didn't even, that wasn't even in our head. Right. And so my point is, is that sometimes things happen that you, if you are giving your best self, if you are being, if you are doing what you love, if you are, as Joseph Campbell would say, following your bliss, Mm. if you are, um, things happen and sometimes you can't predict what they are. It's why you and I always have talks about why I don't love planning and goal setting versus just doing what feels good in the day Mm -hmm. and trusting that those things will come. Right. I know. And it's just it just may be semantics to you. I don't know. No, I think you and I are very different in that. And I'm not saying I'm right and you're wrong at all. It's, as a matter of fact, your your way tends to work better than my way. Or we, maybe feels better. No, I think no, it, it literally works, works okay. better. Yeah. But I can't get out of my brain. I come from a college who taught me business plans. And right. I do business plans. And you... Do other things. Right. I was going to try to describe what you do, but I feel like whatever description I came up with wouldn't well, and here's have the inter- served. Here's the interesting part is the way that I think up until probably, I don't know, 10 years ago, five years ago, I thought that I was not smart. Okay, if that you know what I mean, like sure. education does not focus on imagination, creativity, trusting the universe, and believing in something greater. Right. Um, that's not what education teaches us: control, focus. You know. Work hard, work a lot of hours, be better than everybody else, competition. And so because I don't, I'm not good at those things, I went through a lot of challenges in education because it didn't, and no one really told me different. You know what I mean? You figured it out though. Well, and and figured out with some wonderful teachers. When I say no. You're welcome. When I say no one told me different, I don't mean that, um, that people there people may have been telling me all along or showing me but I couldn't see it. Right. I couldn't see it till I woke up right. to what felt right. Okay, but my point is is going back to this book, the quote that I that I said to you um, earlier in the show was from Marianne Williamson's new book. And the reason that I thought it was important is because sometimes we take things, ideas like enlightenment, um, and we make it inaccessible. Like only someone like Gandhi is enlightened. Only Jesus was enlightened. Only Buddha was enlightened. And that's not something I can ever, you know, duplicate, duplicate or, or, or match. Replicate. And right. her, replicate. And her point is, is that enlightenment is not a process we work toward, but a choice available to us in any instant. Mm. Like for you, when you are struggling with money and you're like, oh, if this doesn't work, if I don't get these apartments filled, here's what it's going to mean. Enlightenment is in that moment saying, 
I let go. I still do what I need to do. I put my signs out. I answer the phone. It doesn't mean you drop everything. And that's what people get confused. That's that's where they go right away. Like, well, then I I just won't do anything. I won't do anything. I'll go sit on a mountain. And I'll wait for it to show up. Exactly. You still have to walk through what needs to be done. But you let go of that it needs to look this way. And you do it from your heart. Like you and I have been talking about even for both of us, not just for you, but making sure we shape our work around what we believe in and that you, you know, you need to look at your apartment buildings, not as something I need to fill a problem to solve, but as a place, a home that you offer to people and a place of love and, and it will shift the way you work. So to give you a, a, a bird's eye view of our house and our relationship and the conversations we have because of what you just said about how I was struggling with filling the apartments, um, you suggested to me, that I put a picture of the apartment buildings on my vision board yeah. and to send it love. So <laughs> I t- I did that and I put a bunch of hearts around it and a bunch of uh, peace signs and birds and all that. So I'm, I'm doing my best to send the buildings love even though there are moments where I think it's an obstacle to overcome and and that's okay like that's why it's a practice like there's never I think people get down on themselves including myself when we're like well I'd like to think this way and then we don't think that way Mm. that when we're not thinking that way that's the reminder to do a practice right it doesn't mean we're failing right it's that oh I'm having those negative thoughts again now I need to when I say do a practice you asked me before remember the question that you said are you going to remember and I said no I forgot Mm. it's how do we practice or how do we start to to live how do we do that how do we do vision board is one way a vision board is one way you know catching ourselves. Um, when we're having negative thoughts and letting go, mm-hmm. breathing, um, journaling, talking to somebody else about it like you did, mm-hmm. you know, not keeping it inside and yeah. fearing. Cause and a lot and of ta- I think as men, we tend to go into caveman mode For sure. and we bottle it all up because mm-hmm. we like to solve puzzles and, and figure it all out in our head and not let it out. It's It's very unnatural for me to come home and tell you how bad my day was. Right. It's very unnatural. You know, it's more like, how was your day? Fine. And yeah. I think girls are the opposite. And these are generalizations. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I, I, I'm still cozying up to the idea of coming home and talking about my problems. I think and women, we've been married for 10 years. I know. And I think women sugarcoat their lives too. You know, it's kind of like, what am I, um, you know, it's not an annoyance, but you know, how everybody's like, how are you? Fine. How are you? Fine. And it's so not true. Everybody's fine. Everybody's fine. And it's not that I necessarily, when I say, how are you, I want everyone to dump their problems. But there's like a real like, well, yeah. you know, I'm I'm doing all right. And, you know, I, I guess I just, um, we all want, we all think that we're the only ones going through something and that everybody else is okay. Right. And we all think that if anyone knew our deepest worries, that they would somehow not love us anymore. Right. Or that they would somehow not think we're as great as... As they or, thought, yeah, we were. or our lives are not as perfect as we want everybody uh, to think. To believe, it is, right? exactly, and nobody's lives are perfect. Nobody's lives are perfect, and everybody has struggles, and everybody has challenges. Skyler doesn't seem to be having many struggles right now. No, she's. She, are you being serious? I don't know. Five year olds gets to eat what she wants. <laughs> she was funny today when I picked her up from school. Um, she uh, she 
they were outside playing. It was a beautiful day today in Chicago, by the way. And um, I went and picked her up, and she was jumping up and down. She goes, I just don't know why I'm so happy. I just oh, don't know God. why I'm so happy. And she had to, like, run ahead of me. And I, you know, once I caught up with her, I'm like, I go, you don't have to know why you're so happy. I go, just enjoy it. It feels good. I would have to try to figure it out. <laughs> Right. Well, she really wanted an answer. It's like you don't it, you don't have to know. Just enjoy it. Yeah. it and that's an example. Because if she did try to figure it out, it would take her away from her happiness. Exactly. She'd be. You don't always need a reason to feel good. I mean, again, it's again it goes back to the initial question: Is the universe a friendly place? Do you believe that our baseline is supposed to be a place of joy? Mm-hmm. And I don't mean ecstatic happiness that everything's going well. I mean a, a place of trust right. and gratitude and presence. That's right. that's all. I mean, we as human beings. We can't be happy all the time, but we can be in a place of trust. You know, one of my mantras that I say to myself is you are safe Mm -hmm. or I am safe. Even when things are not going well, there, there is a sense of I am safe. I am safe. And there, that gives me, I guess it gives me hope and it reminds me of what's true. Right. Keeps you centered. It keeps me centered. Yes. All right. Turn them in a bat. Okay, let's hear it. So we're going from to from positive universe to, to negative things. Do you have anything you want to say? No. <laughs> okay. First thing, peaches. Okay. What about them? They're too much work. What do you mean? Peaches. Canned peaches? No, a peach that you get at the grocery store. Okay. The pit is, is huge. Huge. Yeah. There's, there's not much return on investment because you have to work around the pit. And there's just not much fruit. I mean, they're tasty. Well, and you have to make sure they're ripe because if they're not ripe, they're really not easy. So just there's not enough fruit for the size of the pit. Okay. All right? Well, the my pear- dad loves peaches. They remind me I of love my the dad. taste of peaches, yeah. but it's not worth it. Okay. The pear is an underrated fruit uh, because it's just the one little stem and yeah. a few seeds, and they're delicious. Okay. I'm, I'm wondering, like I think of the king and the queen of Fruits are like the apple and the banana, or right? Something, okay, right. most. Popular. I think because they're the most like easy to access, right? Um, whereas nobody talks about the pear. Mm-hmm. I think the pear is is underrated. Let's get a pear tree. Um, and a partridge in a pear tree. tree. Um, second thing is, you saw a movie this last week called Christmas Puppy. <laughs> What? I'm so glad you brought this How up. How is that movie? Okay, first of all, I just I was going to watch a movie with my children. It's Christmas time. Wanted to watch something good. And um, so we went through Netflix, and there was a movie that was on Netflix, and it was called The Christmas Puppy, and it had this cute little puppy, teeny puppy with a bow around his neck. I was like, okay, it's probably not a great movie, but at least there'll be a puppy, and my girls will like love it, and it'll be cute. So we're watching the movie, and we're halfway into it, and there was no puppy. And so I said to the girls, where's the puppy? And they're like, shh, shh, shh. You know, they were, they were into it. It wasn't very good. And then... The whole movie, at the very, very end, there's a dog. And it's not a puppy. It's like a, it's like a poodle dog. It's nothing like on the cover. And he happens to be the narrator. And that was the end. Would you recommend Christmas Puppy to our no, listeners? No, but it kind of cracks me up that if you go on Netflix and look at it, you'll see what I'm talking about. That has nothing. That puppy's not even in the movie. So there you go. Yeah, Google Christmas Puppy. <laughs> Find out what the deal was there. I got to crack me up. Last but not least, um, those individual pink bubblegum things that oh, we've I been fighting those. about. Yeah, the, the ones from Halloween. Yeah, they last two seconds. Correct. First of all, they're really hard. Right. So it takes some jaw strength, strength yeah. to even start to loosen it up. And by the second it's loosened up, uh, it's out of taste. Right. And you like, I can't believe you like bubblegum bubble flavor. Yes, no. Here's the thing is if I want something sugary but I don't want to eat like something 
sugary, then I just have that gum and chew it for a few minutes and spit it out. And it's it's a good sugar brush. Little mini sugar. Yeah, rich. little little mini sugar taste. Yeah, I don't like those. I know. So I know you don't. FYI. I know. I know this about you. Any, anything else on the tournament of bad? Um, no, Christmas puppy was a good one. I'm glad you brought that up because I would have forgotten. That was pretty funny. I have a few more things on my list, but oh, we no. are 43 minutes. Okay, then be quick because people no, I'm might not be going to say it. Oh, you're not. Okay, yeah. on your tournament of bad list, you mean? Yeah. Do you track negative things throughout the week? Yes, that's okay. my way of being positive. Well, I like the way that you said the peach isn't great, but the pear is great. The pear is great. Okay, underrated. Go buy a pear for goodness sake. All right, more pears. Um. And then we never mentioned your website for your books, kathycadams.com. We did. Remember I was saying go on there and buy them and did then I'll get right them. Did you say Well, if I didn't, kathycadams.com. That's Kathy with a C. It's Christmas time. Go it's, buy some books. Go buy some books and give them to somebody you love. This is Todd Adams saying thank you for listening. And this is Kathy Adams. Have a great week.